So, as I always say, if you have your Bible, and I hope you do this morning, join me in Ephesians chapter 2. We are, we're going to spend a couple of minutes in this text, and, and this is not meant as a pun, but we're going to set the table uh, for what we're doing this morning. And I want to spend just a couple of minutes, and really briefly, want to spend just a couple of minutes talking about the table. Um, because tables are very significant parts of our lives. Um, Karen and I, as we've gone through life, stories are important for us, and a lot of stories take place at tables. So tables have become important to us as well. And as we set the table this morning, think with me. I hope you can think about this. The table at your house. I hope your table is a special place. Lots of great things happen at our tables, and especially around a holiday like Thanksgiving. But a table is a place where we come together as a family, right? We all come together. We come to share a meal, yes, but we come to be together. We come to visit, to hang out, to talk. And there's some important things, I hope, for all of us about our tables that um, are, are just are really, really important. A table for us as a family should be a safe place. A table should be a place where we all come and we're all accepted just as we are because we're part of a family. A table should be a place where we can come and we can share from our heart. We can laugh together. We can cry together. Uh, we can have those joyous moments together. But we're together. We're genuine. We feel loved. We feel protected. I think I've already used the word safe. We feel safe. And the cool thing about our tables, and, and I think about my family when I say this and it makes me laugh, and I bet your houses were probably a lot the same, especially around holidays. You had the adult table, and then there was the kids' table. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I preferred, still today, prefer to be at the kids' table. And there's a reason for that. Uh, it's a little more relaxed with my family at the kids' table than at the adult table. But especially at the kids' table... Man, everybody's accepted there, right? All, all of the funny noises and other things that take place. We're accepted at the kids' table. And one thing that takes place there that, and, and I've already told you, tables are safe places. We're welcome, and, and we are. But it seems to be a little more serious at the grown-up table. I don't know about your house. Now, a couple of weeks ago when we were all together as a family celebrating uh, I think the adult table was pretty crazy in, in most of the setting out there at the Tovar's house. But, you know, that kid's table, there's just, it seems to be more open and more relaxed. And I, th I, I just wish for my family that the big table was like the little table. The chairs aren't. Yes, we were the kids outside. That's right. And yes, yes. She sat with the adults. That's right. Yeah. You know, and those chairs aren't really comfortable always at the kids' table, but 
you know, that's okay. You can eat with your knees and your chin at the same time. <laughs> but what I want you to, to remember and to gather and to think about this morning is just how, and, and I'm going to say it this way because I hope it is for you because it is for me, just how perfect things are at the table even when there's chaos because we're family and we're together and that's how it should be and a big word that comes into the table is grace and not talking about grace that we offer for the meal we do offer thanks for the meal but the grace acceptance comfort and peace that comes at the table and then let's 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 take that outside of our houses and now go to the table where we're coming this morning to celebrate the table with Jesus Christ as we celebrate with him this morning in the Lord's Supper. And he set this table for us and invited us to this table. Um, there, there was a time when he was with his disciples and he established the Lord's Supper. But there was, there was a time that if, if you're familiar with the stories in the Bible in Luke chapter 14 where Jesus was having a meal and there was a man who was celebrating and he wanted, he wanted to set the table and he, he sent invitations and nobody wanted to come. So he sent his servants out to find people and there were still empty seats and so he told him to go to the highways and the byways he told him essentially he told him to go beat the bushes and find people to come to my table to sit with me because they are welcome and that is what Jesus does for us in his grace and that word grace is such an easy word I have a daughter named grace and it, it's such an easy word that we use all of the time and it's so easy to say but think about it for a minute with me that word grace how big that five-letter word is because it means free and unmerited favor grace Nothing that we can do to earn it, nothing that we've done to deserve it, nothing on our part but grace that's just completely extended to us as a free gift because Jesus wants us to come to his table and he wants us to come and to know his peace and and I really I really hope that you can because I can't wrap my head completely around that word I'm not going to stand here this morning and tell you that I can but I hope you can just with me this morning just a little bit start to wrap your head around what that word grace means and just how big the grace that comes from Jesus Christ is. And so now let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And let's read together the first 10 verses. And these verses will be on the screen for you. And this is talking about that grace, that unmerited and free favor that we receive from Jesus Christ. Picking up in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2. It says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. It gets better. 
I promise you this gets better. Um, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And then here's, here's where I told you the good stuff would come. This is where it starts in verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all that he's done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. In the verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done so that none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. Grace. And that, that grace that he's extended to us through his son, it, it reminds me, it reminds me in a way of freedom. But I want us to be really careful with that word freedom because we, we can take that word and run with it and get ourselves in a whole lot of trouble. Um, it's not freedom just to do what we want to do, but here, here's here's for us what that grace means there is room for error in the in the grace that he extends to us through his son he gives us room to make mistakes and we're all human right i think we all are this morning we're all human we're all imperfect we all mess up sometimes and that's when grace doesn't make any sense if you if you think about that little word but the grace of Jesus Christ through his blood covers us in those mistakes. And again, it's not, that, it's not that freedom and it's not a license just to go and to do whatever we want to do. There is recognition for the mistakes we make. We recognize, we recognize them. Jesus Christ recognizes them. But then he moves on from them because of his grace and there's there's a part in us and it's how the holy spirit works when we make those mistakes when we fall short of what he has planned for us to do the holy spirit lets us know right you get that little you get that little nudge you get that sometimes for me a slap on the back of the head um you know Maybe a sore throat because I shouldn't have said what I said. Or there, there, there's all kinds of, of, of ways that the Holy Spirit reminds us, pulls us back, but at the same time extends to us that grace, acknowledging that that mistake happened, but figuring out 
how to get by it. And not to do it again, I hope. I hope. And somebody a whole lot smarter than me said this one time, because we're talking about the table and the grace that's extended to us at the table, especially the Lord's table. Bob Goff, if you, if you read or, or listen to uh, any of his things, um, this makes perfect sense when we're talking about grace. It's easy to say that people are invited to the table, but what happens when they come is what defines us. Extend the table because everybody's welcome. And that's the truth of the grace of Jesus Christ. Extend the invitation. He extends us the invitation. And when we believe in him and we accept, we're welcome at the table. And there's not any, there, there's not any judgment once we're at the table because we're accepted redeemed and covered in his grace now let's talk a, a minute as as we prepare uh, for the lord's supper if you still have your bible flip over with me to first corinthians uh, chapter 11 uh, as as we look at some some scriptures there as we prepare our ourselves for the lord's supper in first corinthians you know paul is writing to a church in a, in a large area, a church that has problems. He's writing to the church to offer them solutions. And the believers there in Corinth, the believers had an amazing opportunity in a big area with their church. And it's, this sounds so much like us. We have an amazing opportunity in a big city to be an example of Jesus Christ to the world around us. And just like them there in Corinth in, in about 55 A.D., Paul was telling them, you're not called to blend in and be a part of the world. You're in the world, but you're not called to be a part of the world. And it's the same instructions for us today. We're here, we're a part, but we're to live our lives out loud and be the light of the world around us or a light to the world around us. And that can be, that can be difficult, but it's, it's what we're called to do, and it's what Paul is reminding uh, the church in Corinth. And then he gives, us, he gives us some instructions for the Lord's Supper. Let's read uh, 1 Corinthians 11. We'll start in verse 23, and we're going to read 23 through 29, and then we're going to come back to those um, and look at them in in kind of some reverse order. At least I think these slides are all out of order for you back there, and I'm sorry. Um, verse 23, Paul writing, he says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread, and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And then here's what I want us to pick up with verse 27 this morning as we consider what we are, are doing this morning as we, 
as we take the Lord's Supper together again. This is, we, we, we know that this was, that Jesus himself established this, the Lord's Supper, what we call, from the word, what we call the Last Supper. We can see that in Matthew 26, John 13, Luke 22. There's several places in the Gospels where we can see as Christ established what is what we call the Lord's Supper. But here's, here's what I want us to understand. And for us this morning with Caden, uh, for him this morning, his first time um, to celebrate the Lord's Supper as a believer in Christ. This is not, th this is not just a ceremony that we do every once in a while. This is an, an act of obedience. And, and this, is, this is a testimony. This is a word. This is speaking of our faith with each other. It's an act of worship. Not just a tradition, but an act of worship as we remember and we reflect on Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Uh, honestly, a, a serious a serious act of worship that we that we as we participate we should be thoughtful remembering that Christ died for us but remembering that he is alive again today and we should as we're going to look now in 1 Corinthians 11 again at verse 27 before we take the Lord's Supper and that we're going to spend just a minute uh, together this morning and, and, and the word, and it, it's not always comfortable, but to examine ourselves. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27, Paul continues. And he says, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For you, if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. It's pretty, pretty straightforward words from Paul. And a lot of times, I, I can think of, of times in my, in, in my past when it came to the Lord's Supper, there, there were times for me it was just going through some motions. But I, d I don't want us this morning to have that type of experience in worship of our Lord and King. It just being something that we do. I want us to take some time before, before we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Just looking inward. Asking, asking God, what do I need? What do I need to get out of the way that's in front of you and keeping me from worshiping you? And spend a minute asking him that. God, what? What's in the way? And then listen as he talks. And let go of, of that that's, that's 
between you and him. So I'm, I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to sit down for just a second. And I want you to spend a moment with, with God. And, and again, in that, that self-examination, those, those things that you're carrying that are in the way. Maybe you've got some sin in your life that, that you, you need to have a conversation with God about just right now this morning. And when, when you're ready, after you've spent a couple of minutes with him, when you're ready, I want you to come to the front and, and take, uh, take it's, it's a little bit different than what we've had before, but it's the juice and the bread and, and one thing. But just take one and go back to your seat and, and wait just a second for, uh, for everyone to be ready. Then we will we'll celebrate together. So, and it's it's going to be it's going to be quiet in here while we pray, but that's that's okay. So, let's pray together and then again, you spend a moment alone with the Father. God, this morning, Father, speak to each one of us in our hearts and our lives just where you need to speak so that we can clear we can clear the way for you this morning. As we come to your table, we sit in your grace and we celebrate with you. And if you would go ahead and 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 take a piece of bread out of the out of the bottom of, of the cup. And just take a look at it for a second. Um, you know, if you, when you hold it in your hands, there's just a little square of, of of dried unleavened bread. But what I want you to remember is that this represents the body of our king, the body that was beaten, broken, and was the final sacrifice for us on the cross so that we would know the grace of God that comes through Jesus Christ. And back to, uh, back to those scriptures again. Uh, verse 23, remember Paul, what he recorded for us. He says, so I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Father, we do this morning, uh, we look at what to our eyes is just a simple piece of bread, but Father, we look at it remembering that it is your body that was given as the final sacrifice for us. And again, Father, from your word, we know that it's so that we can know your grace completely and so father this morning 
we say thank you for the sacrifice that you made through your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Take and eat and then stand and worship. And then just like we did for the bread, if you take the cup and look at uh, simple grape juice, right, in, in this cup. But it represents, it represents so much. We, we see a cup of juice. But what this morning, as you look at that, think about and remember what it represents. And that's the blood of our Savior that was shed on that cross. When he was crucified for us, the, his blood that ran. And because of his blood, we're clean. Again, that final sacrifice. That through that sacrifice, we can know the grace that comes from God. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In verse 25, Paul continues. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. How would you pray for us this morning? Together. And as we close out our time together this morning, we've got, uh, we've got one more song uh, to worship together. But we also want to give you an opportunity this morning uh, to respond. I, I don't know how God is speaking to you in your life. There may be, there may be something, and, and I know we've spent some time already in prayer, but there may be something this morning that, that you're carrying that's just too much. We want, we want to respond to the Father as well this morning. If you need prayer this morning, Joe and I, Karen, Lisa, will be in the back. Uh, we would love to pray with you, not so that we can know your business, but so that we can ask God to walk with you just like you ask him to do. And together, take that to him so that we can let it go. So. As we worship, if, if you need someone to pray with you this morning, we'll be in the back for that. So let's worship together. Mm -hmm.